Hello and welcome in to another edition of the SCJ Preps Podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. I'm your host, Assistant Sports Editor Zach James, and as always with us this week is Sports Editor Justin Rest. Coming up in this podcast, we'll talk about what's going on at State Softball over in Fort Dodge. We have one team in the state championships, and we'll have three baseball teams at the state baseball tournament starting on Friday. Let's start with the state softball tournament. We had four teams qualify for state. Uh, Dennis and Schleswig, Alter Rui, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, who are the other two, Justin? Uh, and New Fonda and Jalen uh, Catholic. There we go. There we go. Just a lot to try and remember and try and keep collected through the summer season. So um, a lot going on, a lot going on. But Alter really will play in its first state title game um, coming up here on Thursday against North Lynn. Also uh, playing in the state title game for the first time. And Justin, a big reason why Alter really is in the state title game, a girl named Abby Kramer. Yeah, yeah, she's played a huge role in it. Throws a one-hitter in the first-round game against uh, the number three-seed three Central Springs. Holds East Marshall, the number two-seed, to one run. Um, she's had double-digit strikeouts both times. Uh, she came into the state tournament with 300 strikeouts. Um, so she's had quite the career at Alter, really, and she's really stepped it up at the state tournament. She wasn't exactly hitting her spots as well as she wanted to against West Sioux at times, but I think she's taken a big step forward here at the state tournament. I mean, she's always been great. So uh, uh, she's going to go to Dort next year. Um, she's been phenomenal at the state tournament and is the key reason why. And uh, she's got North Lynn. Uh, the only team that's scored more runs than North Lynn this season is New Alfonda. So she's got the second best offense uh-huh. in the state next. And we'll see how that goes. And Alta's found a way to score enough runs to beat these teams. And, I mean, she's only given up one run in the two state tournament games. So Abby Kramer has been phenomenal at state. Yeah, I was just about to say, also, really, it doesn't really need to score much if Kramer is holding two teams to a combined one run. But do you think she can continue this pitching performance uh, going into a Thursday state title game against the Lynx? It'll be interesting because, like I said, the Lynx have scored, I think it's 411 runs this season um, from looking at it earlier today. So they've scored a ton of runs. Um They've played a good schedule too, so so it'll be interesting to see. Um, I won't say no, but it, it, it's going to be a tough task. This is going to be the best offense she's faced all season. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, if she consistently throws strikes like she's been doing, um, that rise ball is working like it has been. Mm-hmm. I don't see Northland running all over Alta really, and I see it being a close game, then it's anyone's game right there. If she's a little bit off, Northland will take advantage. That's, that's just what – I mean, they're one of the best teams in the state. So, um, we'll see what kind of happens here. It'll, it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say yes. I'm going to say she, she's got the chance. She's got the skill, definitely. Um, she, she was a highly sought-after recruit, and she just really loves Dort. So, that's why she's going there. And we'll see if she can keep up against Northland. Yeah, there's no there's no shame in wanting to stay close to home when you're in college. I did it, um, you did it, uh, so there, there's no no shame in doing that necessarily. So good for her to choose a school like Doit, which is close to Ulta. Uh, we've talked about um, off off recording here about um, some candidates for softball player of the year, and I think Happy Kramer has certainly put her name into that list. 
Yeah, she really has. I mean, she's also batting about 460 at the plate, and she's been one of the key hitters with, uh, for that team, um, along with Jessica Flattery and Sierra Hill, uh, Brittany Turnquist as well. Um, you know, those, those have been key ones, and, and Flaherty's really set up the lineup well to, to be able to have Abby Kramer drive her in. So, um, like I said, she's batting 460, uh, has been huge this season, not just in the circle, but but at the plate too, so. Yeah, no doubt about that. And they'll play at 8.15, I believe, on Thursday night against North Wind. Make sure to check out online at SiouxCityJournal.com. After the game is over for a recap from former sports editor Jeff Budlong, who is helping us out out in Fort Dodge. Let's touch up on the other three schools for a little bit. The Denison ran into a buzzsaw in Carlisle. Um, they're one of the best teams in the state, so no shame in losing to a good team like the Wildcats. But uh, Abby Moore, I mean, leading off that game with a home run, that's something she can she can uh, remember for a long time to come. Yeah, Alex Morris had a great Alex career. Morris, Alex Morris, yeah, uh, that's great, great career at Denison. She's the point guard for that team that made state this year. She had their only two hits at the state tournament because um, they got no hit today. Um, but, you know, she's had a great career there, and that'll be something for her to remember. Uh, the thing that got Denison is they just didn't hit and they didn't field well. Um, so I didn't really play the role. They, Sarah Hylison uh, pitched well today. She didn't pitch the greatest yesterday. Um, so that kind of got them against Carlisle, who's a, a, a very good yeah. team. So uh, they, all three runs they gave up today in Independence in the Constellation game were, were unearned. Um, they didn't get any hits, and that's not going to win you many games. And no. the Coach Dow was hoping for a little better performance out there. He, he knew Carlisle would be tough, but the indie game was probably a little disappointing. But this team put together a heck of a year, and you just couldn't get the bats going down at State or, or, or the defense really consistent. So that's something to work on there. It's nine seniors on that team, so it's going to be a completely different team next year, yeah. basically. So Yeah, absolutely. And another team who has not as many seniors, but some seniors on it, is Newell Fonda. Uh, they they tried to put up a fight in the state tournament, but just like the other three teams who were not in – other three Siouxland teams who were not in the state title game, they just didn't have what Alter really has um, to boot. Yeah, New Alfondo ran into uh, Ho, uh, Michaela Hogue, who's one of the best pitchers in the state. I think she is the best pitcher yeah. in the state, yeah. So, and that's the thing. She, they, they ran into – such a good pitcher there. That's the only pitch that's really been able to shut down their offense this season. Um, I think one run might be their lowest tally all year. I, um, actually, looking at it, yes. They scored one run against Pleasant Valley earlier in the season, but and one run against Collins Maxwell. They've scored – so one run's their lowest total uh, all season. And so they just found someone that was able to shut down their offense. That's not easy to do. That's how good Hogue is. And, you know, they – they had the one bad inning, bad inning in their first round game. They still got passed up for the seven five win over Linville Sully, but they couldn't, you know, they couldn't get that that inning going from this time around. Collins Maxwell had two runs in each of the first and uh, had a two zero nothing lead. And that's all they really needed. But then the second, um, I was kind of wondering about the pitching here. Al Larson's good. That Collins Maxwell lineup is very good, so you can't fall behind big. And they're getting no hit until the sixth inning and. Besides that, you know, Newell Fonda had played well all year. There wasn't really yes. many defensive mistakes that got him. They just ran into what is the defending state champion in Collins Maxwell. And, you know, we'll see a Collins Maxwell versus Clarksville state championship, which will be a very good game. Yes, it will. It, be. But those two are just so far above the rest of the state. Uh, you know, Lisbon's up there too. and But, you know, Clarksville took them down. So 
that there, there's just that tier right there that that those other schools can get past. And New Alfonso will play for third place. They've had a great season. Um, we'll see how that goes against Lisbon. Um, if they can get that one against Lisbon, that'd be huge as well. Uh, but yeah, the, just one of the few pitchers that's been able to shut down this New Alfonso offense, which led the state in runs. That's how good it's been this season. And Lisbon is a very good team historically. That whole that town, but Lisbon and Mount Vernon. Both usually put out good teams, so it'll be a good challenge. Hold on, Lis- Lisbon's got other sports than wrestling there? Yes, yes, they do. Oh, yes, I guess I just focus so much on the wrestling. Volleyball. <laughs> they're good at volleyball. Yeah, they're, they're good. And, and for everyone out there, that's a joke right there. And I, 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 I'm always, the wrestling program is great year in, year yes, out. They so are. Of yes, the Lions yeah, are good so, there, too. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, West Sue they... did. West Sioux did beat them in the third place dual uh, state dual match this season. I won't note on that part. I'm so. going off on a tiny little tangent here, but is Lisbon still its own program, or did they co-op with Mount Vernon? They are still their own program, okay. as far as I know. Okay. May they, if they have, they haven't added Mount, Mount Vernon to the name, so it might be just underlined. But yeah, Lisbon is their own program, from what I, from well, what good I understand. For them. Maybe maybe I missed it, but yeah, they are their own program. Yep. So good for them. Good for them. That, that's a really good community and. Um, one I've driven through a couple of times in, in, a, in a previous life. Uh, Galen Catholic had a good tournament, too. Uh, let's do a quick hit on, on the uh, Jays there. Yeah, they were able to hold Collins Maxwell to four runs, but the hitting wasn't going. The defense wasn't quite there in that first game. Um, Riley Schneff wasn't exactly completely on. So um, Coach Gunter was actually happier with their, with their consolation game, which they did lose to Linville Solly late. Um, Linville Sawyer was able to get the timing down the last two innings against against Schemp, who, who pitched well for the most part uh, until they got the timing down. Um, Linville Sawyer scored three runs in the sixth to take the lead. Galen Catholic scored two runs to retake the lead, top seventh, and, and Linville Sawyer got the win in the bottom of the seventh. So it, it was it was a better game the first game. Uh, yeah. They thought they played better defense. They hit better. Um, so. Coach Gunter was happy with the consolation round game, even though they lost. Uh, it's still a young team. They, they, did, they do lose some seniors like Anna Britt and Katie Peters. Um, mm-hmm. But this is a team that brings back a lot next year and ha- had, had quite the road to get to state this year. Yeah, and it was kind of a gauntlet of a region. and It was well-earned for the Jays to make it to state. And um, they proved that they belong at state. Just They just need to develop off of what they did this year. Yeah, as Coach Gunter said, uh, you know, if Riley continues – take that next step like what she did last year from this year if she if she takes that next step again this upcoming season she'll be pretty very formidable um and you know they got a lot back in the lineup sydney livermore comes to mind there so they've got a good amount back where they, they, they can make another deep postseason run again next year i want to take a slight left turn here and stay at the softball topic but it was something we talked about uh, as the week was leading up and throughout the week as well there are no fifth place and seventh place games um, there was just one consolation game. There is still a third place game. Are you still? Are you okay with the IGHSAU getting rid of the fifth and seventh place games? Absolutely, I am way okay with getting rid of those games. Um, I'm, you know, the, the union kind of said, you know, not many people are sticking around for those trophies and those seventh place games. Um, fifth place games too is kind of hit or miss. They'd stick around for the trophies. I'm actually okay with like not even having the consolation games after a first round loss, third place game. Okay. I'm, I'm okay with a win and you're, you're done type scenario for all of it. Does that sound harsh? Yeah, it does, but that's, that's the way it goes um, sometimes. And 
I may be on the minority of that. Maybe I don't know, but uh, I'm I'm okay with getting rid of the fifth and seventh place games. This is where we disagree. Teams travel a long way from Fort Dodge, and I realize Fort Dodge is not a centrally located city. That's for another topic where the state softball tournament should be. But for the time being, it's in Fort Dodge. It's not centrally located, and for a team like the Wiser Muscatine, for a team like um, up in Northeast Iowa to travel that far to come to Fort Dodge, they should deserve to play at least three games. There are the facilities to have um, three each team to play three games. There's plenty of diamonds at the Harlan Rogers Sports Complex for that to happen. So let teams play three games. They're there. They're going to stay for most of the week anyway. So just play fifth and seventh place games. I get there are some other factors that play into it. I understand that. But just just let them play three games, especially for the teams that travel a long way. And even for the ones who don't, for like Fort Dodge, who is playing in the state tournament, they get to play on the home field three more, at least um, three more times if, if, uh, they may, if they keep moving on. So, um, which they the, did not this year. Which they did not this year. They did not this year. But let teams play three games. There's, I don't think there's any harm in that. Now, in other tournaments, if that can't happen that way, like the basketball tournament, you can't put in a second court at Wells Fargo Arena. I understand that. And um, there's only two courts at the U.S. Cellular Center in Cedar Rapids. So I understand those tournaments not going deep all the way to eighth place. But let the state softball tournament go to eight, go to eight places. I have no problem with it whatsoever. Yeah, I guess it's just, it's just your preference and such. Because I know they travel a long way, but in that terms, they don't have to stay in hotel rooms because they, they stay at uh, Iowa Central. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's thing. So that's a big that's that's a nice deal there too. Um, just being in South Dakota and seeing how it kind of works where you play out all eight places, it just gets a little old after a while. And just some teams don't always want to be there. Um, so I don't know unless it's full unless every team is fully committed, then I'm okay with it. But not all teams are always fully committed in some of those games. That, that's just kind of the thing there. So yeah, um, not not many care like oh we're in the eighth place we're in the seventh place game let's let's go for it not everyone has that mindset and so you know that, that's kind of thing and yeah central it's not centrally located it's it's a little bit more north and such and there's a little bit more drive for some of them but right that's that's just the way it goes sometimes just because it's a really nice complex and they do have the, they do it have is. the ability to do it so I do agree with that but it, it all depends on the taste and such and, and there's some people who like it there's some people who don't and it all kind of depends. Each, each one's kind of di- different on that one. So, yeah. and, and to the people who want the state tournament moved, uh, it's not going to happen. I mean, I know there are other cities who are developing softball complexes um, like Pella, like Marion. Uh, there is a really nice one up by Des Moines North. Um, those are all fine complexes, going to be fine complexes. I'm talking about the ones in Pella and uh, Marion. But uh, let it be in Fort Dodge. I'm a, I'm a traditionalist guy. I like state tournaments being played at the same place every but, year. But if they don't, yeah, if they don't, it's the problem you have in, in South Dakota. Everyone wants it moved around and such. And they're like, we can't just have it in Sioux Falls. It's not centrally located. It's well, the biggest got, city in the state. It's the biggest city. And if they, if you don't have the resources, if you don't have the complex for it, that's, that's just a tough deal. Fort Dodge has the best complex in the state, so it should be able to host. I would honestly say Muscatine might be able to have the, might have the best complex in the state to host state soccer more than county. Yeah. So they should maybe host over over over, over county for that for state and soccer. And they have so. before. 
Oh, they, I didn't realize Muscatine did used to. Oh, yeah. I, they, I think yeah. I was told that when I was in Muscatine. Yeah, good point. My memory's not always the best, so. Maybe it was mine. But, yes, state soccer was once in Muscatine, and that's not a central way located. So you no, that's not. That's, that's but, right, right next to the river, so, yeah. But to your South Dakota point, there's nothing in the middle of South Dakota. I mean, no insult to South Dakota, South Dakota people. I currently live in South Dakota, so I'm kind of putting myself into this conversation, even though I still call myself from Iowa, and I still will. But there was nothing in the middle of South Dakota. I mean, Pierre, that'd be about it. Yeah, Pierre's about it. But there's not much in Pierre. So, yeah. There, there, yeah. There's just, there's there's not much in Pierre. Like, they don't even host state tournaments anymore because there's, there's no way to really host it anymore there. So, um, you know, Huron's kind of the next closest for the middle. And they don't have, they have an okay facility, but that town's kind of, you know, it's not really able to host as well. So, I'm always up for whoever has the best facilities, go for it. Yep. The Los Fargo is the best place for for wrestling. It's the best pit place for basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you could almost make an argument it would be the best for volleyball. I, I don't know how that would quite work. It would be interesting. I think Cedar Rapids does volleyball well. Uh, there might be a better spot, but we'd see. Um, and that the Uni Dome is the perfect – facility yes. for, for Thank football. God there's a dome so, in that state. Yeah, so that's the perfect facility for that. So, I mean, it's if you have the facility for it, you'll you'll get a host there. I mean, um Des Moines works great for for state baseball. Yes. So, yeah, it's Fort Dodge is a great um Fort Dodge is great for state cross country. Yes. But that one that one you could probably find a ton of facilities for it too i I'd, I'd imagine there's a ton of good golf courses that could host it so i'm not going to say it's the only one that could host but Fort dodge does do a great job hosting it has a great facility for it too so i don't i don't remember what which what the name of the golf course is but the one in cedar falls just north of you and i's campus would be a good candidate i was course would also be a good candidate as well and do, I they, think, do they run cross-country meets on iowa's course yeah i i ran on iowa's course my senior year would they? Would they? My question is: Would Iowa allow it for I state? I don't know for state. That's because there'd be so many people on there. So that that'd be my question there. But yeah, they do have a pretty nice course for it too. So I also ran on United's course my junior year and pretty much uh, injured my hamstring very badly. So thank you to you and I. Oh, well, or, oh well, I, guess, or, um, I could. I, I I need to put some blame on the state on that one too, but they didn't handle that week very well. Which which they. I'm going off on a tangent here, but they could have handled that week, my junior year, very, very better. I'll just say it like that. I know um, Eastern Illinois has their own cross-country course, which is nice uh, at Eastern Illinois University. Uh, They Mm -hmm. ran some high school cross-country meets, so maybe someone builds their own cross-country course too. So who knows? Yeah, Central has their own. Yeah, but there's there's some. Simpson has their own too, as I think about it. There's a lot of nice golf courses that can host it. Fort Dodge does a really good job. Yes, Fort Dodge is a very, too, so. very good, good course for that time of the year, and we'll get into that in the fall because I like cross country. I will cover cross country uh, pretty heavily as we uh, get into the fall. But uh, as we uh, transition over to the summer season now, Zach James alongside Justin Russ here on the SCJ Preps podcast. Make sure to check out SiouxCityJournal.com for all stories, videos, and past podcasts. We have three teams moving to the state baseball tournament in Des Moines starting on Friday. And those three teams are Remsen St. Mary's, West Sioux, and Bishop Heelan. And Justin, all three of those teams have one thing thing in common. Pretty good pitching. 
Yeah, that's been the thing that's gotten him there. Um, even though Heelan's pitching has, has not been as strong in the postseason as it has during the regular season. But, uh, you know, it's still helped get him there. Um, you know, Remsen St. Mary is riding um, Boyne Harpenau's arm pretty well. Um, he's been getting them pretty far. Uh, Hunter Deckers and Seth Salker for, for Westu have done a great job. And then um, Brent Hogue pitched decent enough today. TJ Chamberlain was shaky in his outing. Um, Christian Velasquez uh, started off not with the greatest start against uh, Storm Lake, settled down, got injured. Ben Dixon and uh, Colin Nett pitched really well in relief, though, against Storm Lake. Mm-hmm. So ben, ben Dixon really pitched well, I thought. He hadn't pitched that much, and, and when he did, he was wild. So um, in this game, he was spot on. So uh, it was nice to see Ben Dixon pitch that well. So they, they did get some good pitching from him and Colin Nett. So. And like I told you a little bit ago, Dixon threw – a a good strike from about a hundred from about a hundred feet out on a relay play that uh, got healing out of a jam in sixth inning on Wednesday night. So I, I could see how Dixon would be a good pitch around the mound. He's got velocity. Um, don't know exactly see because I don't know because I haven't seen him on the mound. But I did see Brant Hogue on the mound Wednesday night, and he was just electric. And he he didn't start out the way he wanted to. Um, he walked the leadoff hitter and then uh, gave up a 2-0 count to the number two hitter. And then he admitted to me that uh, he had to take a step off the mound, take a deep breath, saying just throw strikes, and he did. And he was pretty spot on uh, throughout the game. He did give up uh, a run in the second and a run in the third, I believe. I, I don't have my scorecard in front of me. But um, SPO had a hard time hitting off of right, off not right, off of Pogue. Uh, late in the game, and, and Heelan's defense was very spot on and put all those things together, and the Crusaders are going to the fourth straight tournament. Yeah, um, Brant Hogue has been their ace all year. Yes. Um, he hasn't really had uh, – he had a little struggle moment against West uh, earlier this season, and TJ Chamberlain came in and relieved him and pitched really well. That, that was really about Hogue's really uh, only hiccup this year until this, this game tonight, and he settled down, and the key is he told himself to throw strikes. He didn't try to do anything fancy, just throw strikes. And Heelan's got a good lineup, so only two runs against Heelan is is good. I mean, they just got off a game where they scored 13 against Spencer and, and had three home runs in that game. So they've got a talented lineup um, in that aspect. So uh, that was a good game by Brant Hogue there. Uh, he, he's just kind of the consummate athlete right there, you know, starting quarterback for the football team, uh, leading scorer for the basketball team. Um, I think he ran track as well. So Brant, Brant Hogue is uh, one of those guys who just kind of does everything, and, and, and he's got another year left yet. So, so kind of like Hunter Deckers, right? He... Well, Hogue without the, have with the whole, yeah. without the whole, without being as yep, good of a quarterback as Deckers, yeah, yeah, no, but you get my it's, it's it's a very it's a very good comparison. Uh, uh, Deckers has a few more few more offers, and uh, he's committed to Iowa State. But yes, that is that is a good example right there. Um, I mean, they both are kind of excelling in all that. And I kind of say well there, too, because uh, um, I don't know if uh, Hunter Deckers is going to be the best basketball player on his team. Uh, with I Bryce don't think Cop- so either. With, with Bryce Coppock coming in. And, and if he's not the best player on the team, that shows you how dangerous that team gets with Bryce Coppock coming in. And just for those that don't know, uh, Bryce Coppock from New Alfonda will be attending uh, West Delaware next year. His West mom, uh, I'm sorry, West, West – why did I say West Delaware? Uh, West, <laughs> West Sioux um, – uh, his mom uh, is going to be a principal. Got a job as a principal there, so um, you know they hired her as principal. So it's not anything where they're 
Sony one. She just got a pretty good job and they're moving to, to the Hayward area and that'll be a huge get for West Sioux because uh, Bryce Coppett can run the ball really well and he plays basketball very well and he's a very good baseball player. So, Although Coppett would probably would probably be West Delaware's leading scoring basketball even though they did make it to state this year too. But but yeah, West Sioux <laughs> is going to be very, very fun to watch in all sports and uh, their, their athletic season isn't over yet. They get to go face um, they get to go play at state uh, later on in the week. And, you know, uh, like uh, Coach Engelman was telling me after the game on Tuesday night, is, and I'll talk a little bit more about this in the uh, uh, state tournament preview, but it's not all Hunter Deckers. I mean, yeah, he hit the two-run homer. Yeah, he held um, Pocahontas <laughs> to about two hits. But there were much, many more guys who, um, who have contributed in a big way for the Falcons. It was Hunter Deckers for one game. And I know we say a lot about Hunter Deckers, but Hunter Deckers is going to be the first one to point out his teammates. You know, coming to Iowa State, he's talking about how now the next thing is getting Cade Line out some looks for, for football. And as good as Hunter Deckers is, he missed plenty of games for football camps. So, you know, he, he's got 102 strikeouts in 48 innings uh, um, and such. So he's had a huge year. But they don't make it this far without Seth Sulker, who's got a 2.12 no. ERA. And 45 strikeouts in 46 and third innings. Opponents are only batting 181 against him. So he's been good. Austin Wilbert has a 1.56 ERA. Chase Ranshaw has a 2.07 ERA. They've got a 1.90 ERA as a team. So it's not yeah, just Hunter Deckers. Good. And while Hunter Deckers is batting 500, they are batting 320 as a team. Uh, Drake Milligan has a 372 average uh, on that. Has scored 31 runs. Uh, Chase Koopmans has 23 runs driven in and a 329 average. Wilbert, again, he's batting 342. Cade Lynott, who I just mentioned, who USD needs to take a look at as a wide receiver, defensive back, honestly, uh, 355 average. And I say that, yeah, it's the close one there and, and, and such, but I feel he's got the size to, to play at USD. We'll get more on that tangent in the football season. But So you got Cade Lynott out there. So, you know, you still have Trevor Schuler, who's he's a senior presence, made state, wrestling this year for the first time he's a guy that's always solid mentally and, and does the right thing makes the right place blake van balaguen i don't did know I, say how that right? I, I didn't know i didn't know if i did copy and paste his last name into my story the other I, night i i haven't heard it said he's only batting 217 but he's a starting shortstop as a freshman so he's making good plays defensively i think he's the shortstop from yes he correctly. is he made a great so, play on yep. tuesday night in the seventh inning he there was a hard hit ball. I think it was the refresh kid who hit it. And it was a hard hit ball up the middle. And Blake took two hard uh, steps to his, uh, to his left, made the diving stop, quickly got up on, it, on his feet and threw a bullet over to first. And for a freshman to make a play like that in a sub-state final was really impressive. Exactly. I and mean, he may be only batting 217, but his defense is so good you have to keep him out there. I think it's Van Balugan, um uh, like I said, you, you probably heard the name last time when I did, but he's, he's been great defensively for him. And, you know, like I said, it's not just Hunter Deckers, and he trusts all his teammates too. And, yes, he's batting 500. Yes, he has 100-some strikeouts. But they don't make it this far without him, and, uh, without without the rest of the team, like I said. And, and they're, they're going to be a formidable when they get there. They've got New Hampton in the first round. and um, <laughs> This is New Hampton's first state tournament. And there's something to be said about that because all yeah. these kids are going to the state tournament for the first time. If there's anything West Sioux's not lacking, it's late season, postseason experience. Whether yeah. 
whether it's wrestling, whether it's football for the last couple of years, um, basketball, basketball. made runs. They didn't make state, but they made deep runs. And well, it didn't go how they wanted, but you know, they'll, they'll use that. These kids are level headed kids. They don't get too high. They don't get too low. So they're, they're level headed kids on that one. In that aspect, uh, West Sioux's really building something in terms of programs there, you know, softball was good for them too. So they're, they're really building something there in Hayward. And I think they're, I'm trying to become the next West Lion. I, I don't think I should say that because I think it's going to tick off people on West Lion and West Sioux. But, you know, I'll go there. Um, <laughs> so, but they're, they're really trying to build something consistent, not just like when Hunter Deckers graduates, they don't want that to be the end. They want to keep going and keep building around. Like, oh, boy, Van Balogun, you know, you still have Seth Salker. You still have uh, Dylan Lina. You, you still have some, some things that are to, to, to build around. So they don't just want this to be – you know, this four-year thing. They want this to be a long-term thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and like what Coach Engelman was talking to me, and I wasn't going to mention this in my story, and I still could, but uh, he talked about Coach Sweetchow's uh, weight program and yeah. how even how even Hunter Deckers has uh, gained weight, gained muscle from that yep. weightlifting program. So if if one of the best athletes in the state can benefit from a weightlifting program, any athlete can benefit from that weightlifting program, and. Maybe maybe that's something we need to look into. What is going on with that weightlifting program at West Sioux? Because it's obviously working. Yeah, I mean, it's helped the wrestling program, too. It's helped softball. Um, there is something with that. You know, that it could maybe be traced back to that because once they get that going, you, you're getting a bunch of athletes out there. And they're getting the weight training they need, and they're developing as athletes. Absolutely, absolutely. You don't, you don't develop it as an athlete without a weight training program because you could dominate high school without a weight training program. The minute you try to go to college, you don't have that weight training program, you're learning for that first time, you're going to be majorly set back. I've seen it with athlete after athlete. You're going in there, you look strong, but you're kind of you know twiggish out there and twiggish. you haven't really lifted that much. And, and it comes back to bite you because you're behind the eight ball because a lot of these other guys have been lifting for, for a bit. And, um, the Paulsons are a great example. The Paulson twins from yeah. Woodbury Central are a great example of this. They started lifting young because they looked up to those kids at Woodbury Central. And they didn't have a, a great weight room back then, but they still all went. They were playing the Hades rock music. That's just a great story they told <laughs> on that. They're watching all these kids, and they're starting to lift. And like, we couldn't lift nearly as much as them, but we're watching them. We're learning from them. That's in third grade. And look what the Paulsons have become. And one's going to probably start at left guard. The other one's in contention at right guard, if not – He's in it for the team aspect of it, no matter what, and and that's just the kind of people they've become. Like they've developed into that uh, because of the way they use the weight room. And not yeah. just that, they they learn from the older ones, and they they help teach younger ones too. And it's kind of a discipline thing too, not just weightlifting. So yeah, kids, lift your weights. Go in the weight room. It will help you. Trust us on this one. Go, yeah, it, go. it will. Like, if, if I, I could have probably been a heck of a lot better football player if I would have committed to lifting weights back in the day. I could have maybe played on the offensive line on varsity at central line, which is saying something for back then. I, I, I mean, I'm kind of stretching there too. But, you know, I moved to offensive line. I didn't commit to weightlifting. If I would have committed to weightlifting and get in a weightlifting program, who knows what could have happened, you know? And- I'm not. Right. I'm not saying I'm going to college by any means, but you know, it's kind of in my blood. My dad was a lineman for Central Line and for George before they combined way back in the day on, on the Tom Roach teams. Um, so like, it's not something that was out of the ordinary to think I could have done it. Because, yeah, I, I and and that's the thing now. Look, I'm I'm 300 pounds. I'm out of shape. If I would have gotten that discipline as a kid and 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 
lifted weight, it could have been a whole different ball game for me, not just in terms of football, but in terms of where I'm at in the physical appearance now. Same, same, absolutely same. I, I didn't really get in, into weightlifting as a high school kid, and I wish I would have. I mean, um, weightlifting does matter. And, and, and to the basketball kids who say don't, don't lift during the season, it doesn't affect your shot. I've seen basketball teams lift during the season. I coached on a college team where we lifted during the season. It doesn't affect your shot. Go go into the weight room when you're in season two. Out off season, yes, absolutely. But in season, yes, you should you should be in the weight room too. In season, good, no matter what sport you're in. Good weight training programs know what to do to not affect your shot. Right. Yeah, that's a good point too. That's a good point too. Uh, another uh, area athlete who probably has benefited from a weightlifting program is Blaine Horpinall of Rams and St. Mary's. And um, he leads state strikeouts. Uh, he pitched a beauty the other night at Sioux City East against Kingsley Pearson. And I'm sure he'll do the same as uh, Rams and St. Mary's pre- uh, prepares for Martinsdale St. Mary's later on this week. Yeah. Um, you know, they've kind of rolled his arm there and, and he's been able to hold up pretty well as a sophomore and um, leads the state in strikeouts. And, and you know, he probably he, – he, he had a little bit – yeah, he had a little bit more um, base runners than he normally has against Kingsley. That's a team that can't hit the ball, though. So uh, he got out of those jams, and he'll face Martinsdale again. And we'll see how many pitches he throws, if he can pitch the game after that, be given the timetable. It'll be a little interesting because they play on Saturday, and then if they win, they'd play on Thursday, I believe. So I think that's enough time right there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then you go Thursday to Saturday, and that wouldn't work. Um, so they're going to need another arm to step up besides besides Blaine. And, and Skyler Walden-Schmidt uh, is that guy. Uh, but like I said, this team, you know, in pitching-wise, they kind of do live and die by, by uh, Blaine Harpenau. And he's really gotten them far. The next question is, has Skyler Walden-Schmidt gotten enough innings and enough experience for when they need to lean on him He'll be able to provide some key innings um, because, yeah, Harpenau's got 154 strikeouts, 78 and a third innings. Walden Schmidt has only thrown 35 innings this year. He's got a two ERA and 41 strikeouts in those 35 innings and 1.85 ERA, but all the big innings have gone to Blaine Harpenau this year. So that's the thing. Like when they need other pitchers out there, Will Skyler Waldenschmidt be there? Has, has he gotten enough innings? Has he gotten enough experience for that? That's the key that I want to see out there. You know, I think he has. I, I think 35 innings is, is a good number. It's not too few. It's not too many. And uh, he has been the consummate closer for Ramson St. Mary. So he knows how to pitch in tight situations. And would I trust him to start a game? Maybe not. But... Um, Maybe that tandem of Harpino and, and Waldschmidt is enough for Rams and St. Mary's to make a deep run, but you're right. It can't be all on Harpino's shoulders because I've never seen a team ride a state go on a deep state run with just one pitcher. Waldenschmidt has pitched more than three a third or he's pitched uh, six innings and a win against Harris Lake Park. Not a good team, but he, he did. Went there. He pitched four innings against Unity Christian. Um, got the win there. He's only gone over four innings once so far. So that that's just kind of my concern um, in that aspect. Uh, you know, two and one-third against Kingsley Pearson. Um, let's see. He, and that was on two – that was on 
Tuesday. July. Yeah, he did. He did pitch two to third against Kingsley Pierce. That is it. So he did get some time there. One inning against George Little Rock in the postseason. Um, you know, three against River Valley, three and a third against Trinity Christian. So he's gotten some late, but you look at the big games, they've all gone to, to Blaine Harper now. Two thirds of an inning against Woodbury Central, which is a big game there. Mm-hmm. One against New Alfonda, which is decent there. But I would like to see him get a start. Maybe, you know, maybe the second time you face, or the first time you face West Sioux, you know, maybe pitching there. Because you faced him twice. I think Blaine got the start in both games. Maybe one of those games you could have given to to uh, Skyler. And yes, I know a conference title is something that, that you're gunning for in that aspect. But, you know, maybe, maybe something there. One big game there to see how he goes. Because look at the team. Akron Westfield is a decent one. One and one third. Three against Humboldt takes a loss there. Another one and two thirds against Akron Westfield. He hasn't gone deep that much. So now you're, you're leaning on something here. And I, I do wonder. I, I do wonder about that. That's my major question about Rems and St. Mary's one. Because they can score runs. They have a good offense. Um, Skyler Waldenschmidt's actually a key to that offense. He's got 28 RBIs on or 26 RBIs this season, batting 391. They're batting 323 as a team. Harpenau is batting 400 with 27 RBIs. But Braden Rickey's driven in 31 runs as well. Spencer Score Shore who has scored 32 runs, and you know he's no no stranger to a pressure situation because he's on that state basketball team. So. Right, and right. even Xavier Galls is someone too that's batting 351 too. So he's a, he's a sophomore. So this team is young. So you look at you look at it, how many seniors are on this team? Zero, and that helps. I think that actually does help because that shows you that if this team can make it to state in 2019, then maybe they can yep. also in 2020, 2021, 2022, and maybe even further on down the road too. So I think yeah. there's a lot and, to be excited about in Ramsey and. Skyler Waldenschmidt, Spencer Shore, Blaine Harpenau, um, Braden Rickey, I think, uh, Brady Holman, uh, Levi Waldenschmidt. Uh, uh, those are all guys. I, I remember those names from um, uh, state basketball. So they, they, they've got experience on the big yep. stage. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. And they'll start things off on a Saturday at the uh, 2019 Iowa High School Athletic Association State Baseball Tournament at Principal Park in Des Moines. That'll do it for another edition of the SCJ Preps Podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. As always, make sure to check out our website for stories, videos, um, photos, just a whole gamut of content you can go through on our sports tab, as well as the news tab. There's plenty of good content on the news tab as well. For sports editor Justin Rutz, I'm assistant sports editor Zach James. We thank you so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time on the SCJ Preps Podcast.